0: Psalm 28, O Lord, I call to you, my rock, do not be deaf to my cry, lest if you do not hear me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my prayer when I cry out to you, when I lift up my hands to your holy of holies. Do not snatch me away with the wicked or with the evildoers who speak peaceably with their neighbors while strife is in their hearts. Repay them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their actions, according to the work of their hands repay them and give them their just deserts they have no understanding of the lord's works or the deeds of god's hands therefore god will break them down and not build them up blessed be the lord who has heard the voice of my prayer you lord are my strength and my shield my heart trusts in you and i have been helped so my heart exults and with my song i give thanks to you you lord are the strength of your people a safe refuge for your anointed Save your people and bless your inheritance, shepherd them and carry them forever, amen. Our reading today comes from Ezekiel chapter 11 beginning at the 14th verse. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, your brothers, even your brothers, your kinsmen, the whole house of Israel, all of them are those of whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, Go far from the Lord. To us this land is given for a possession. Therefore say thus says the Lord God, Though I have removed them far off among the nations, and though I scattered them among the countries, yet I have been a sanctuary to them for a while in the countries where they have gone. Therefore say thus says the Lord God, I will gather you from the peoples, and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. And when they come there, they will remove from it all its detestable things and all its abominations. And I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God." But as for those whose heart goes after their detestable things and their abominations, I will bring their deeds upon their own heads, declares the Lord God. Then the cherubim lifted up their wings, with the wheels beside them, and the glory of the God of Israel was over them. And the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city, and stood on the mountain that is on the east side of the city. And the Spirit lifted me up, and brought me in the vision by the Spirit of God in Chaldea to the exiles. Then the vision that I had seen went up from me, and I told the exiles all the things that the Lord had shown me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the good news half of chapter 11, right? Uh, chapter 11, last week, it was talking all about the the punishments, uh, the, a continuous looking at the abominations, the... the, the um, The fact that people were revolting not only against Babylon, but they were looking at revolting against God himself, that they assumed that they were safe because they were the ones that weren't taken into exile, that somehow they were better than the ones that were. Taken into exile, and so here then we get the the second half of this chapter, and ends up being good news. It ends up being the sermon that Ezek, Ezekiel is supposed to take back to his people, the people that he has been taken into exile with, and and it finishes. I want to start where it finishes and then go back. You know, it, it finishes with him uh, back gathered with the exiles, and it says that he tells these these elders all of what he's seen so you can imagine as he's telling them of all that he saw in his vision of all that's going to happen to jerusalem and to to israel all that is going to happen there in judah that that things are not going to go well and all the abominations that he saw because this has been one long vision that we've seen right over these past few chapters it's been this continuous Uh, melodrama put in front of Ezekiel, of all the things that have been happening in Jerusalem in sort of a way for him to understand. This is why you're in exile that, that in in a way we can take from this vision uh, that, that Ezekiel is, is done with now and he's here to to preach to the exiles. Now Uh, we we can take from this vision, actual good news because God is declaring to a, the people there that are stuck in exile declaring to them what it is that is uh, good news for them uh, in the sense of this is the reason why you're in exile. You are not in exile because I'm punishing you, although I am punishing you. But you are in exile because of all these other things that are happening too that that you can't sit here in exile and say that you were the reason why all of this bad stuff is happening that in fact you need to step back and realize that there is more under their surface there's more that is going on a a way for uh, the, the people there in Babylon to understand that the things that are are that have been going on in Jerusalem, that have been going on in Judah, Judah, are much bigger than they are. Where oftentimes, especially if we have people that 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 offer up a semblance of righteousness, and we're going to take a look at that in just a second. We've talked about that a bunch, and we're going to continue to. I'm sorry if I'm repetitive, but but Ezekiel is is very repetitive because he's he's wanting to make sure that we understand what's going on. Um, that these. We, we have this, this imposter syndrome that we carry around with us in which we look at other people and we assume that they've got all their stuff together, that, that everything is fine because they're able to give the semblance that everything is fine. And so then w- when we know our own failings, when we know our own faults, when we know our own sins, when something bad happens, we assume it's our fault. We assume that it's on us. When, sometimes it is. More often than not, it could be. <laughs> but but many times it we are just ones that are collateral damage of the sins that are happening all around us that we are part of it because we live in a sinful world and and so then because of the sins of others we are are hindered because of of the sinfulness of of humanity and so uh we um have to be able to try and, and comprehend that as, as best we can, uh, whatever that's going to look like, um, as we take a look at this second half of Ezekiel, because here is finally the good news that's coming out of all this stuff that is happening. We talked about it some this last week, so and I, I don't want to try and hammer it away too much, uh, but of the fact that the assumption was being made, if you remember from last time, last week that that the people that were left behind in jerusalem they were the chosen ones they were the special ones and the ones that were taken into exile they were the ones that were the sinners they were the ones getting punished and and we're being told that that is not the case that that in fact actually it's the opposite and that is where god goes with this this word that the lord speaks to ezekiel turns everything on its head that that it it rips us away from our assumptions of our own blessedness, and and makes us understand the blessings of God that come to us at times when we think that we are being condemned, that we are being disciplined, that we are being ridiculed, that we are being afflicted, that we are going through sufferings, and so he. Son of man, your brothers, even your brothers, your kinsmen, the whole house of Israel, all of them are those of whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, go far from the Lord to us. This land is given for possession. Do you notice what he says here? The brothers, the kinsmen, the people that are part of Ezekiel's family, who, who are, who are they? They're the ones in exile with him. Because if you notice, what is the term that he uses for the ones that are in Jerusalem. He just calls them the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying that, that they happen to inhabit this space, but they're not your brothers, they're not your kinsmen. They have turned your back their backs on you. They've turned their backs on me. They turned their backs on what makes them part of the promised people. And so here God is already saying, no, that the kinsmen, your family, your brothers, the house of Israel, all of them that have been, uh, are, are, are now not in Jerusalem. All of them are the ones who are actually still under the promise. Those that are just inhabitants of Jerusalem that have turned their backs on my promise, turned their backs on me. That's all they are. They just happen to inhabit a place in which my glory is departing. We we see that at the end of this chapter. And so then he says, verse 16, though I removed them far off among the nations and though I scattered them among the countries. Here he's saying what he's done. He's, He's removed, he's scattered. Yet I've been a sanctuary to them for a while in the countries where they have gone, saying that God has not left them. God has not forsaken them. This this ties us back to our Christ, doesn't it? Because Christ leaves us with those words at the end of Matthew, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you until the end of the age. Here God is saying, even in exile, even in the times in which you think you are so far gone, I have been a sanctuary for you. I have been a place of refuge I've been a place of peace that it is that when we are in Jesus Christ even in the worst of times we are within the sanctuary the the refuge the rest the peace of God even when all hellfire is falling down upon us all around us that we we are in the midst of Of the sanctuary work of God in Jesus for us that Christ makes it known to us in John that he is the temple of God that that he is the one where the glory of God dwells that that all the glory of God dwells within him bodily as Colossians 1 tells us and and so here then we find our rest in him above everything else, that he is a sanctuary for us, even when we are scattered, even when we feel afflicted, even when we are in suffering, even when we feel like we've been taken to the farthest edges of the world away from God. God has not forsaken us. God has gone with us. That's the reason why he appears as the chariot, right? We talked about that with the wheels and them going in particular directions wherever they want to go. It's that God is not. Placed in that particular location in jerusalem like all the other deities where deities were tied to particular things either particular portions of nature or particular places particular countries that this god was the god of this land and so you had to learn to worship him this way and you see that in uh, in, I believe it's Second Kings. Uh, my, it's either Second Kings or Second Chronicles. I always get them confused. The narratives there, uh, but in Second Kings, where uh, the Assyrians exile the Northern Kingdom, the Kingdom of Israel, the Kingdom of Samaria, and they place other, they they bring other refugees into that space that are not Israelites. Um, and this is where we get the Samaritans from, the interbreeding of, of those. But they ended up having to have a priest, a Levite, come to Samaria to teach them about this God of this land because they assumed that there was this God of this land because people were getting attacked by lions and dying and and all this stuff and so they felt like they needed to, to, to learn how to serve this God that was in this land that somehow outside of this land you didn't need to worry about this God but in the land you needed to worry about him well here God is saying I'm the God of all time I am the I am I am that I am that I am. I am the God of the living and the dead. I'm the God of the heavens and the earth. I created all things. I'm with you wherever you go. And I'm with you even in the times in which you feel so far gone that I'm a sanctuary for you. And that I love all the gospel words that are used here because the gospel, if you want to know what the gospel is church. Number one, it's that Jesus loves sinners. But the good news too, the gospel is this good declaration, this good proclamation to you. And it always comes with God being the subject of the verbs. God doing the work. And so that's what we get here, starting in verse 17. I will gather you from the peoples I will assemble you out of the countries where you've been scattered I will give you the land of Israel what is he doing he's gathering he's assembling he's giving they're not taking it they're not um, gathering themselves he is gathering them he's bringing them back together he's doing the work to bring them out of exile to give them back the land Which is what eventually we see at the time of Ezra, and Nehemiah, and and things like that, right? That that God fulfills this promise. I will gather. I will assemble. I will give. Those are gospel words that we have to see. God being the subject of the verbs, and we are just the object. God working upon us. That's the good news. Bad news is anytime we think that we have to be the subject of the verbs, and then, uh, and when they come there, they will remove from it all its detestable things and all its abominations, meaning that he's going to gather them. He, he's going to assemble them. He's going to give them the land. And th- in that process, then also, they are going to make sure that this doesn't happen again. How? By removing all these things that have become stumbling blocks. And, and, and why is this going to happen? Well, he tells us in verse 19 and 20. Again, gospel words, I will give them one heart or an undivided heart, meaning that it's a heart that's not going to go to the right or to the left. It's going to be solely a single heart with a single purpose of trusting in, in, in God. And I will give them a new spirit. I'm going to put it within them. I will remove the heart of stone. You have to remember this phrase, I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh because he's going to repeat this later. But uh, I'm going to remove the stony heart, the stubborn heart, this heart that, uh, that is, is crooked. That's going to be that, that is a dead heart. And I'm going to give them a heart of flesh, a heart that's going to be humble is the way that you want to read it. This, this heart of humility, this, this broken heart that then is going to, to go into doing things, which is what walk in my statutes, keep my rules and obey them, meaning, uh, fulfill them to cling to the promise, to cling to the works that God is doing for them. And then he says this beautiful gospel word for us and they shall be my people and I will be their God because God is going to initiate all these things because God is going to do all these things. Therefore these things are going to happen and they are going to be my people. And there's going to be nothing that people are going to be able to do about it. And this is a word of warning to the people in Jerusalem saying that, no, these people that you've said are the punished ones. They're actually the ones that are going to be my people. You're just inhabitants in this land. These people are going to be my people verse 21, but as for those whose heart goes after their detestable things and their abominations, i.e. the people in Jerusalem right now, I will bring their deeds upon their own heads, declares the Lord God. Notice he says he's just going to bring about the the culmination of what it is that they're doing. They they want a godless world. They want a world without the Lord. They want a world without Yahweh. They want a world without the creator. So God gives it to them. That's what happens with the exile. That's what, that's what happens with the destruction of Jerusalem is that God is a God who gives. And so the people are wanting a world without him. So he says, okay, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. And then this drastic picture of God's judgment. Then the cherubim lifted up their wings with the wheels beside them. And the glory of the God of Israel was over them. And the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood on the mountain that is on the east side of the city. That is the Mount of Olives. The glory of God departing from the place in which it once stood there at that temple, and the Spirit lifted me up and brought me in the vision by the Spirit of God into Chaldea to the exiles. Then the vision that I had seen went up from me, and I told the exiles all the things that the Lord had shown me. I don't know about you, but I but I read this last section, and, and when you understand that they're talking about the Mount of Olives, the picture that I get in my head is uh, Palm Sunday, right? Which, as we're coming. Close to Lent, where Ash Wednesday is just in a couple of days. Get your ash in church, please. Um, I, I picture Jesus there as he's coming up over the Mount of Olives. That is when he get, it gets on the, the donkey and he rides in to Jerusalem. And it's there, if, if you can see it, if you want to see it, there. Thinking about this. the the leaving of the glory of God, the glory of the Lord from Jerusalem here in Ezekiel 11 and resting upon the Mount of Olives. What is Jesus doing? He's returning the glory of Israel, the glory of the God of Israel back to Israel, but in a very different way. He's physically coming and dwelling with his people to do that, which they refuse to do, nor are able to do that is to trust in God alone, but also to give of himself to save his people. Jesus riding down that mountain from the Mount of Olives and entering into Jerusalem is the culmination here of this last half of Ezekiel, You want application for you? Here you go. Jesus coming down that mountain on the donkey into Jerusalem to all the shouts of Hosanna, of, of God save us, is what the word means, is Jesus gathering his people. Jesus assembling them. Jesus giving them the land that is good, which is uh, is is the the promised uh, new heaven and new earth, the promised new Jerusalem that is coming at the end of the age? It is Him coming and 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 taking out our stony heart and giving us a heart of flesh. The divine cardiologist doing the work that needs to be done, and in order to give us new life, giving us a new spirit that we might cling to His promises. That when we understand that faith is not a work unto itself and it is not something that we do, but is something that is gifted to us, this trust to have ears that we might hear the word of God, to trust that what he is going to do for us is enough and that we can do nothing. And that is Christ in his work coming back into Jerusalem on that day to grant to us the things that we need from him. Let us pray. Almighty God, the resplendent light of your truth shines from the mountaintop into our hearts. Transfigure us by your beloved Son and illumine the world with your image. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, church, I pray that things are going well with you as you go into this Ash Wednesday week and the beginning of Lent. I, I pray that God's mercies and blessings would be with you. Uh, please continue to share this, continue to to offer up this podcast as a place for, for Bible study and for growing in our faith and love of God and love for one another. And and if you get a chance, give some reviews and some other things so that we can know how we're doing um, and things that we might want to want to change. But uh, Lenten blessings to you. Pray for pray for me and and for my church here. We will have uh, by the time this comes out, I will have just gotten back or be on my way back from our annual coastal youth retreat uh, with uh, ten kids that we're taking. Um, My wife and I are taking over to the coast in California for a time of of worship and prayer and study and service and fun. I pray that they're transformed and they grow in their love for God as well. Well, go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. We'll see you next week.